Hello, dear friends on Facebook. Nice to see you today, or at least nice that you are able to see me uh, today. And I appreciate you being with us, being a part of these Bible studies on the book of Colossians. We do this every Tuesday and Thursday afternoon at 3 p.m. Central Daylight Time, uh, calling uh, and talking to you from uh, the West Irwin Church of Christ, uh, Bill's office on uh, uh, in Tyler, Texas. And glad to have you joining in. Some of you will join in live. Some of you will say hello. A lot of you will just join in and that'll be great. Others will join in a little bit later and that's great as well. If you feel like you want to comment or send me a message on Facebook at any time, you are certainly welcome to do that. Do you want to ask a question that you don't want everyone to hear or make a comment? Then send me a message. That'd be great. Uh, if you want to say hello or make a comment like my cousin Gail just said hello. Uh, to you too, Gail, and others joining in, my dear friends, Lenny and Joe Allard. Uh, so wonderful to see you joining in and taking part in these studies always. Um, and so you're welcome to try to communicate with me. We uh, show this on my Facebook page live at 3 p.m. And then, uh, of course, you can access it at any time just by scrolling down on my, on my uh, profile page. <clears throat> or you can uh, watch it online at westerwin.com under social media and resources. Click on the live streaming uh, link and then click on the video archive link and you can find all kinds of stuff. Our previous worship services, my previous sermons, and my previous Facebook Bible studies as well. They also get post posted on our West Irwin Church of Christ and West Irwin, Irwin Live pages and you can watch our worship services uh, on West Irwin Live every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. and also on our westirwin.com page going through all those steps to get to our live streaming channel and clicking on that big blue box that will show our live services. Also have a Sunday afternoon study at 4 p.m. Central Daylight Time. Uh, we are studying through the Gospel of Mark and we're going to mention the book of Mark in chapter 10 uh, verse that we just looked at, <clears throat> the passage that we just looked at this past Sunday. Uh, that also has to do with what we're talking about in this study uh, today. So again, welcome. Uh, glad to have you. Glad to have you along. Love and appreciate all of our families here in this church family, all of those wonderful families that we've known uh, through the years and that have been such a blessing uh, to us. And now our kids have families. <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, it's unbelievable. And yet they do. And we feel very, very, very blessed to have two wonderful daughters, two terrific sons-in-law, and uh, four incredibly gifted, smart, intelligent, beautiful, wonderful, amazing grandchildren. <clears throat> um, so let's get to it. Um, last week we looked at husbands and wives in the first part of this passage in Colossians 3 uh, that really starts out in verse 17 uh, with these words that say, uh, whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Again, that very general summary statement of what we're to do, just like Romans 12, verse 1, that we'll be looking at uh, this Sunday that says to offer your bodies as living sacrifices. Everything you say, everything you do is to be done in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and to be done out of gratitude and reverence and honor uh, for God through him. And, and so we do that. And that includes how we treat each other as husbands and wives and parents and children. Uh, last week, as I said, we looked at husbands and wives in those verses, uh, verses 18 and 19. Hus wives, submit yourselves to your husbands as is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. 
very general uh, statements that we want to ask a lot of questions about. And I hope that you do, and I hope that you will, and I hope that you'll listen to uh, uh, our lessons last week and uh, went through a lot of stuff last week. And I hope uh, that you were blessed by it. And if you have uh, some challenges and some questions still or comments you want to make, feel free uh, to let me know. Today we continue that discussion and we'll continue it again, actually conclude it uh, this coming uh, Thursday because uh, now he turns from husbands and wives to parents and children uh, and scripture speaks to that. And again, just as we said at the beginning, Colossians 3.17, Romans 12 verse 1, uh, passages like that, those summary statements uh, have, have an impact on how we treat each other in the home. Uh, we will summarize uh, this study on Thursday this week and take a closer look at, at what it means to be a Christian home and, and how to put all of this together uh, in a way that acknowledges there's no such thing as the perfect home, no such thing as the perfect husband or the perfect wife, no such thing as the perfect parent or the perfect child. Um, <clears throat> there, there just isn't. Of course, there is such a thing as the perfect grandchild because Joyce and I have four of them. Uh, but that's a whole nother uh, question. And I'm sure if you're a grandparent, then you have perfect grandchildren uh, as well. It's such a blessing uh, to know that God continues to uh, bless us over and over again, even as our years start piling up uh, in this world and in this life. So let's take a look at these verses. Uh, it's interesting because children are told to obey their parents in Colossians 3 and in Ephesians 6. We're also going to look at that passage because they're very, very similar. And parents are told to encourage and not embitter their children in Colossians 3 and also in Ephesians 6. <clears throat> so let's read first of all Colossians 3 verses 20 and 21. Uh, children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Fathers, do not embitter your children, or they will become discouraged. And of course, fathers there is referring to parents, all parents. Um, and, and so let's read this the uh, very similar passage, a little bit different, a little bit more extensive, in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 through 4. Ephesians 6, 1 through 4, uh, written pretty close to the same time as the book of Colossians, both of those very similar. Uh, and Paul is able to uh, share some things in Ephesians and Colossians uh, that sound a lot alike, but into two different uh, situations. Um, Ephesians 6, beginning at verse 1. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may go well with you, and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Well, those are uh, very important teachings, and they sound simple enough, right? <laughs> you know, it means what it says, and it says what it means, so let's move on. Well, uh, th this is very difficult uh, teaching. It's very hard, and we understand that. And it's very hard to be a Christian family in today's world. But we have to remember <laughs> that this is not the first generation that that was true of. In fact, it was probably harder, a lot harder, to be a Christian family in, first, in the first century Roman Empire in cities like Ephesus and Colossae. Uh, that was very, very hard. 
And we are very blessed, especially in this country, in the United States of America. Oh, yes, we have some pretty severe problems, and they've been pretty well known throughout the world over the last year, couple of years. But at the same time, this I don't know of any other nation that is as blessed as the United States, and I don't know of any other place in the world that I would rather be and that I would rather live and that I would rather have my children and my grandchildren uh, being raised and living and serving the Lord in. So that's a great, great blessing. But let's talk about these passages of Scripture, because just like the words to husbands and wives, they're not very popular in our culture. Um, and, and there are some things that we have to explain. Uh, so first of all, children are told to obey their parents. Um, Ephesians 6 says, obey your parents in the Lord. Colossians says, obey your parents in everything, uh, for this pleases the Lord. And so uh, we first make the disclaimer just as we did when we were talking about husbands and wives. And that is that this passage does not, repeat, does not justify abuse. There is no justification for abuse of any sort against children or against wives, against anyone uh, for that matter. But we have such a problem in this country and around the world of, of physical, emotional, verbal, sexual abuse against women and against children. And that is so very wrong, so very wrong. Um, and so we want to make it clear, absolutely clear, uh, that there is no place for that kind of abuse. It is not just wrong, not just hurtful. It is sinful, sinful. And we want to make that very, very clear. Uh, but at the same time, we also want to make clear that what Scripture tells children and scripture tells children to obey their parents. In the Lord, I think we understand that there are some things that a parent, uh, an abusive parent would tell a child uh, to protect themselves rather than to protect their children, and that's wrong. And again, that's not what this passage of scripture teaches at all. It doesn't at all. But rather what it's talking about is that children are to, generally speaking, be obedient to their parents. Uh, and <clears throat> Ephesians even gives a couple of reasons because it will go better for you. It will go well for you in this world and you'll live longer in this world. Uh, reaching back to the passage of scripture in, in uh, 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 Deuteronomy uh, chapter 5, verse 16, that says that exact thing as Deuteronomy's version is sharing the Ten Commandments. Uh, it says more than just uh, honor your father and your mother, uh, Exodus 20 says, so that it might go well with you. But Deuteronomy 5 says, so that it'll go well with you and so that you'll live long in, in, the, in the world and in the land. Uh, it, would, it, would, it does go better for you, generally speaking. There are exceptions, but generally speaking, it goes better for you if you listen to your parents. You know, it's amazing how much our parents learn from the time we are little and the time we are teenagers to the time we are young adults and adults ourselves. Isn't that incredible? They get so wise. It's just amazing. Well, you realize that I'm being a little bit sarcastic. Okay, maybe a lot sarcastic because our parents were always that wise. We just wouldn't, didn't want to accept their wisdom. And that's what we are we're uh, engaged in as we seek to um, uh, act in faith as parents and as children. And again, he's going to turn it around on the parents in just a moment. But let's talk about what the Holy Spirit says to children. And yes, I believe it does apply to 21st century homes as well. I believe it does apply uh, to American children 
as well. I, I believe that. And I do believe that the words that Paul writes in Ephesians 6 and in Colossians 3, that if children will be obedient to their parents, generally speaking, it will go better for you in this world. And you will live longer. Uh, it's just good to keep to uh, hear good advice and good counsel and to uh, try to live by it. And that good counsel and good advice should begin uh, with our parents and with the parents of our children and our grandchildren. And so a word or two about, um, about being obedient. Um, first of all, this passage of scripture in Romans chapter one is amazing uh, for a lot of reasons because it talks about the sins of the Gentiles, sins of people who are not the chosen people, but really it's talking about the sins of everyone. And this is one of the things it says in Romans chapter one, uh, starting in verse 28, it talks about how depraved they are, how their lives are, are filled with evil and filled with every kind of wickedness and depravity and greed, uh, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, and malice. Uh, continuing on uh, into verse 30, they are gossip, slanderers, verse 30, God-haters, insolent, arrogant, and boastful. They invent ways of doing evil. They disobey their parents. They have, wait, what, Bill? I understand all the rest of those, but they disobey their parents? That's in with that lot? It is. It is. How seriously does God uh, hold people to that? How seriously does God want parents to be good parents and children to be good, obedient children? Um, why is it so serious with God? Well, obviously, we know the answer to that because, again, just as God says in Deuteronomy 5, it will go well with you. It'll go better for you, and you'll live longer. <laughs> you'll live better, and you'll live longer if you heed good advice and good counsel, and that good advice and good counsel begins with your parents. That's a very practical explanation and understanding, a very pragmatic, a very concrete thing. But that's what scripture teaches. That's why God has given us the Christian home, uh, so that parents can in, in, impart their knowledge and their wisdom, some of what they've learned through the goods and the bads, the ups and the downs of their own lives, uh, to impart that upon their children. Uh, one of the ways they do that is through discipline. Now, discipline is a general term. And punishment is a negative term. Sometimes discipline is punishment. But we need to remember that discipline is both positive and negative. It's not just negative. Uh, it comes from the similar word disciple, and a disciple is a learner. And so this idea of discipline is the idea of teaching and training. Um, and we're reminded of, of uh, the call in Scripture uh, for parents, just as he does in Ephesians chapter 6 and, and Colossians 3 and in other places for parents to uh, train up their children uh, according to the will of the Lord. We'll talk about that verse in Proverbs 22, verse 6 in just a moment. A disciple is a learner, and so if you're doing using discipline, you're using that to teach your children, to train your children so that they can learn the best way to live, not just uh, in this physical world and uh, to be able to be successful, but also in the spiritual world to impart our spiritual knowledge and experience upon them so that they too can develop and cultivate throughout their lives 
a relationship with their creator, a relationship with our Lord. Um, obedience brings praise and reward. That's a part of discipline. Disobedience brings appropriate punishment. That's also a part of discipline. And that's also part of the role of the parents. Uh, children need to be taught that their choices and behavior have consequences. Uh, Jerry and Lynn Jones, wonderful. You've heard me mention their names before. They have some wonderful uh, uh, relationship seminars. I urge you to uh, take part in those at any opportunity to, uh, to uh, uh, Google them and go to their website and get some of their material. Uh, have them at your church. We've had them here. We've had them in North Carolina. They're very, very practical very wonderful couple, godly couple. Uh, Jerry and Lynn speak of letting children bear the natural consequences of their choices and actions whenever possible. And I think that's true. Uh, as, as children, you need to be obedient to your parents. And when you don't, then you should have some consequences. And I, I like the way they put it, that, uh, that children should have to uh, deal with uh, consequences. Uh, as closely related to uh, their disobedience as possible. As parents, we're called upon to protect our children, and so there are some things that we will save them from and spare them from, just like God spares us as a good father that he is, but not all the time. There are some times when it's okay to not spare them the consequences of their behavior and let them pay the price, um, even though it may break our hearts, even though they may come out with those words, I hate you. <laughs> um, Still, it's it's it, you're you recognize that you're doing that for your children. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. Obey your parents for this is right, and and it will go better for you if you do. Um, and of course, these teaching go to children and grandchildren, parents and grandparents, uh, because we find so many homes today and families today where that extended family has such a large role and helping to raise and train and care for the children. And I think that's a wonderful, wonderful thing. It's actually a biblical thing. In scripture, you certainly see that. Uh, uh, several generations being involved in and uh, relationships, um, extended relatives being involved in the raising of our children. Children obey your parents, but parents are told to encourage rather than embitter their children. And I really think that uh, the call for children to be obedient to their parents really begins with the call for parents uh, to be good parents and to encourage their children and train up their children in the love and discipline of the Lord uh, rather than in a selfish, uh, proud, uh, insecure way that we see in so many parents' lives uh, today. Just like uh, wives being respectful to their husbands hinges, I believe, on husbands first loving their wives in a sacrificial way as Christ loved the church. In the same way, the obedience of children seems to hinge on the actions of the parents. Um, and so parents, again, are told uh, to train up their children with the love and discipline and nurture of the Lord. Uh, parents are told to encourage their children and not embitter them. Um, not antagonize them. I tell fathers, the scripture says, fathers, don't antagonize your children. And I think the reason for that is because that's the grandpa's job. <laughs> As a papa myself, it's the papa's job to antagonize and to harass. Well, you realize I'm being in fun here, but I do believe that grandparents like to have a little fun with their grandchildren. 
that they perhaps felt a little bit shy about having with their children. And that's one of the blessings of being grandparents and grandchildren is that you have that very special relationship. But I do believe that, again, parents are told to do the, to train up their children in positive, positive ways. And let's talk for a moment about that verse in Proverbs 22, verse 6. We mentioned it, kind of referred to it a little bit. Uh, uh, parents will train up their children in the way that they should go. When they are old, they will not depart from it. That's basically the translation that we're familiar with in Proverbs 22, verse 6. And as my children say, basically what parents hear from that is, pack your bags, you're going on a guilt trip. <laughs> because what parents feel like is that if my kid doesn't turn out right, it's my fault. And it's nobody else's fault. And I'm here to tell you, parents, I don't believe that that's quite true. I think as our children grow up, it is important for us, and we do bear a lot of responsibility uh, to train them up in the way that they should go. And if we haven't done that, then there are problems and the children will bear the consequences of that. And we will as well in a more indirect way, as will the rest of society. Um, but to say that it's only the parent's responsibility for the child, the adult child, to act in ways that are responsible and faithful and obedient, uh, that's just wrong. That's not true. I've known many good men who were uh, wonderful uh, shepherds and uh, had such great heart, and yet they refused to allow the church to name them officially and call them uh, to be elders and shepherds of the church because um, they had a child or two that when they grew up and left the home and lived their lives, they turned away from the Lord. Well, that's a hard question, and every individual congregation needs to ask and answer that question for their sake and based on their understanding and teaching of scripture and what their needs are in their particular uh, church. But I don't believe that that automatically disqualifies them. I do believe that scripture teaches in Ezekiel 18 and other places uh, that, that people are responsible for their own sins. Uh, Ezekiel 18 is clear. It says the righteousness of the righteous will be upon them. The wickedness of the wicked will be upon them. The son will not bear the iniquity or sin of the father, neither shall the father bear the iniquity or sin of the son. Uh, as people get older and are responsible for their own lives, then yes, they, they are responsible for their own lives. As parents, we have a great impact, more impact than anyone else on the lives of our children. I'm so thankful for so many wonderful, godly people who've had a positive impact on our two girls and now are having a positive impact on our sons-in-law and on our grandchildren. We are so grateful for that because we haven't been around as much. Uh, after our kids grew up and left the house, um, we have not been able to live close together for a lot of that time. Thankfully, through technology, we're still able to stay in touch and to have an impact and a relationship um, and a connection. But it's, it's not like the ones that are living right there with them and that are involved with them on a day-to-day -day and week-to-week -week basis. And we're so grateful for people who are, are faithfully involved in the lives of our children and grandchildren, leading them in ways that we appreciate so very much. And so I, I think parents need to remember, I, read, I had a bulletin article years and years ago. I believe it was Lanny Henninger, who was in Austin at the time. And he was asked as an adult, he was asked one time, what, what would you tell young parents that are just now starting out raising their children that maybe was one of the important lessons you learned? And he said something like, well, one thing that I, I wish I would have done more is trust. Trust the Lord. 
don't forget, parents, that it is not just up to you. God has an even greater interest in your children than you do, if you can imagine that. It's no excuse to not be good parents. It's no excuse to think that what you say and do doesn't matter. It matters completely. But it's just to say that, you know, God is a part of this process, too. And he's going to take everything that we say and do. And if we're genuinely trying to be good parents, trying to lead our children to the Lord, I believe God sees that and God knows that. Again, as individuals grow up, even our own children, they get to make those decisions for themselves. Remember when Jesus was alive and was teaching and preaching, his own brothers, his own family did not believe in him. But after his death and resurrection, they did. And so we have to remember that it's understandable that not every child is going to heed the advice of their parents, including the spiritual advice and counsel they receive. Parents, I will say, I think it's important that children not just hear it from us, but they see it from us. And I think that that's something that's that's absolutely uh, important. Why would any parent seek to embitter uh, their child? Uh, and what is the result of that? Well, the result is children that are discouraged and disillusioned and bitter and cynical and angry and unstable and insecure. And none of us wants that. Um, I love this passage of scripture from the book of Mark. Uh, I mentioned it earlier, Mark chapter 10, verses 13 through 16. It uses an illustration of good parenting and it relates it to the way God parents us. Mark 10, verse 13, people were bringing little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them, but the disciples rebuked them. When Jesus saw this, he was indignant. He said to them, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly, I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. And he took the children in his arms, placed his hands on them and blessed them. What does Jesus tell us there? Jesus tells us that children are important. They are critical. Oh, they weren't important to his disciples because they didn't have anything to offer them. But children are important to God. And Jesus says, look, you need to become more like these little kids. And he rebuked the disciples, these adult male disciples who knew everything, supposedly. And he said, get out of these kids way. Let them come here. And he did. He had his own little kids time with them, as I have been prone to do through the years and looking forward to doing that again post COVID. Um, and uh, and Jesus said, look, let's let's have a kid's time up here, because let me tell you, you need to receive the kingdom of God like a child. Uh, I, I, I get it that children can be the most selfish and manipulative creatures on earth at times. But Jesus is looking at the purity and the genuineness of a child's heart. And he says, look, you need to receive the kingdom with that kind of purity with that kind of sincerity and genuineness, because this is the this is who's great in the kingdom of heaven. It's uh, it's the least of these in the eyes of, of man. Uh, and he says that let the little children come to me. What a great picture uh, that is of Jesus surrounded by the little kids. I would imagine with the parents standing not far behind, uh, ushering up those kids in spite of what the disciples said, because they want more than anything for their children to receive a blessing from the Lord. And that's what good parenting is. It's more than anything else as parents, what we want more than anything else for our children is for them to go to heaven, is for them to have not just a relationship with the Lord right now in this life, but for them to be with the Lord for eternity. And if that's not your one, number one goal as a parent, then you need to repent 
And you need to take a look at yourself and your life and take a look into the eyes and the souls of your children and ask yourself, where do I want them to spend eternity? I want them to spend eternity with the Lord. I want them to be one of the crowd that's gathered around the throne singing praises to the Lord for eternity. That's what we want for our children. I realize that's a that's a hard thing to do. But how do you do that? Well, you keep them involved in church. You keep them around the Bible. Uh, you keep using those teachable moments, as James Dobson says, uh, to in the interactings of their daily regular world, that they see the presence of God and and helping them to become familiar with Scripture so that they can know what the word of God is, because the society and the culture, as we're seeing in a very real way all around us, is always going to change and is not always going to be close to what God wants. Um, and that's been the case in every generation. But what's also been the case in every generation is the consistency of God's word. And if we'll keep them connected to that, keep them connected to the church, to their church friends that are imperfect, I know, I know, I know. But that's what the church is. They're a group of imperfect people trying to love and serve a perfect God and to serve one another and to love one another as they go. And that's what I want for my kids and my grandkids. And I think that's what every parent wants for their kids and for their grandkids as well. I'm looking forward to Thursday's lesson because we'll put this all together with husbands and wives, parents and children. We'll go back to Colossians 3, 17. Everything you say, everything you do, do it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God the Father through him. And we'll talk about that special relationship that God has for families to help preserve the faith, but actually to help pass on the faith. I pray that God will bless you and your family. Uh, as you go and live towards that purpose as well. Amen.